Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's a CHGO Cubs post-game show podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app, use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo with you after a 6-4 Astros win over the Cubs in the first game of the series in Houston. Cody's shirt says it all. Cody's face says it all for all that are watching on YouTube. He's ready to be hurt again. He was hurt again. I'm thinking the chat, the live chat, might be a little angry after this yeah. one. Oh, might be a little angry after this one. You don't say. Uh, I mean, there's <sighs> multiple things. There's a lot to talk about. We've got injuries to talk about. We've got uh, bad plays. We've got great plays. Uh, we've got scenarios for the future to talk about. Ravi agrees with me. We're always going to talk about that. Uh, so that's Whatever. the good. That's the good news. The bad news is without Christopher Morrell, the last three games the Cubs would have been outscored thirty-three to five. And if you take Morrell out of the last two games, today was of three. the last series. What is it like thirty-three to two? We'll say. Well, today was three. He had a solo homer solo yesterday, yesterday, so to be thirty-three to four. Oh, wait, no. Oh, wait, no, no, we no, gave him five. It was, it was four today, so he had three today. It was 27 to four. It would be like, without Morrell, it would be like 33 to like three, three or something like 33 that. 33 to three. Yeah. But. Not good. <laughs> Not good. No. What is the chat mad about? Everything. Bellinger, sellers. I want to be sellers at the deadline. Sick to death of Tyone and Fulmer. Fulmer, yeah. Yeesh. Doug Van Dorn agrees. We are angry. All right, Cody, what do you think? Dude, I'm just so frustrated, like, with just everything at this point. Like, I agree to an extent that, like, the the decisions in this game, for, like, in hi- before you look at it in hindsight, it's like, fine. Like, I've liked Michael Fulmer in the, in the middle relief role. I don't, I didn't get irrationally angry when he came in, um... That said, he pitched yesterday, and David in Ross the day before, and the day before, too. and David Ross openly said that they brought in Nick Birdie and Jeremiah Estrada because their bullpen's taxed. Okay, um, Christopher Morrell, he's great tonight as far as hitting that home run to tie the game, but it wouldn't have had to tie the ball game if he catches that ball in the first inning. Listen, we've talked about it before, Ryan. You've pointed out many times that his outfield defense isn't great, and I've sat here and I have listened to you and I have understood it, and. I've never thought that he was ever going to be a great defensive outfielder. I just thought he could be fine, fair, whatever. Like, at the very least, the same as Kyle Schwarber, which isn't asking for freaking much, all right? And he should have caught the ball. The It's a 0-0 game if he catches the ball. It Honestly, a major league outfielder catches that ball, all right? So I don't want to hear the, 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 the tie-on slander because after that inning, he was fine. Tyon was fine after that first inning. Yeah, a little right? bit of bad, but- Bad luck in that yes. thing too. Like, well, that Morale play specifically, but like, it wasn't right. like the, he had a couple meatballs, but they were yeah. Okay. It wasn't even a bad. He inning wasn't from him, perfect. You know? He wasn't great. Well, he that, was fine. That's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't even like a terrible inning from him. It was right. like a little bit of bad, bit bad luck, bad defense, couple meatballs for sure. Um, but it was like an inning he should have got out mm-hmm. out, out of less, you know, with lo- obviously less runs than he gave up right. in that inning. But then, like you said, like moving on after that, he was good. So then. 
So, like, I, I'm back. I'm going backwards in this game because I started with the Fulmer thing and then <laughs> I went to the first inning with Morrell. So, you're down 4 nothing. You manufacture a run later with the Yangon sack fly. Great. And eventually, Morrell ties it up. Awesome. And then you had, like, three innings to, to, to honestly take the game, to steal the game. You got two ground ball double plays induced that ended an inning for the Astros. You got... Jordan Alvarez to ground into a double play. It wasn't a, a tailor-made one, but he did it. And then you couldn't get you couldn't get over the hump. And I will say the baseball gods Osei Suzuki for that 109 mile an hour uh freaking liner right into Jeremy Pena's glove. It was a great play by him. But again, that was that was that that sums up how this team has been playing, or at least how the results of games have been going. You put the ball in play and you get robbed. And and that honestly, like when that happened, then Bregman hits the home run the next inning. And of course it's hitting to that little short porch they got there in uh or what not short porch, but whatever they call that place. Crawford Box. Crawford Box, yeah. That would have been like a home run in like six parks, including Wrigley Field. So of course that <laughs> happens. Of course that freaking happens. All right. I'm this this game just sums up my frustration from the since the Drew Smiley almost perfect game. That that this game sums it up because all it was is you, you you hurt me, then you reeled me back in, and then you hurt me again. Like, it's just so agonizing. And honestly, the only thing that's really, in hindsight now, that pisses me off is that, yeah, you used Michael Fulmer in an inning after you used him two, day, two straight days, and you literally said that you want, were calling up Nick Birdie and Jeremiah Estrada because your bullpen's taxed. Like, it just... Again, I don't understand. And I'm not even asking you to to use Jeremiah and that Jeremiah Estrada in that spot or Nick Birdie in that spot. I'm asking you to use a freaking reliever who's not taxed. You used Fulmer two straight days. Could have Al's could Al's live thrown another inning. He only threw like fourteen pitches. Right. Somebody in the chat just like, said that it, it was just, it's right. That's the thing. And I sat on the couch over there while we're watching the last six outs, and I'm just going going off about how Everything that's happened over the last two, three weeks, it feels like this team just isn't serious. And what I mean by serious is the the decision-making, whether it's deciding on who's coming to this roster or not, or some of these decisions in terms of who to use in certain situations, it's like you're it's like an experiment and you're and you're and you're not serious about winning games. And I don't want to think that because then it makes me think that. David Ross isn't a good manager. Makes me think. Makes me question Jed Hoyer and and Carter Hawkins. Whenever I've sat here and applauded them for what they did in the off season, and how they started the year and beat some really good teams, maybe right now they are just going through a tough stretch. Maybe they are, and it's and it's it's a prolonged one. I wish it would end, but like, there's just been so many decisions made that have cost the Cubs games, dude. It is, it's just frustrating. So. Whatever. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to freaking talk myself into winning tomorrow. But this was just freaking stupid. You you had you had them on the ropes. You got... For, for Amber Valdez, who had 36 consecutive starts of going at least five innings. And you ended that streak tonight with a four-run comeback. And you couldn't, you couldn't get over the hump. And so, again, I'm just... I don't understand why we get so close... And then just can't get over the hump. And a lot of it has to do with runners, uh, situational hitting with runners in scoring position. Not necessarily tonight, but just over this entire stretch. 
And a lot of it has to do with, you know, you like overusing guys. Why use Michael Fulmer tonight? Honestly, why? Doesn't make a lot of sense to me in hindsight. Again, I'm saying that in hindsight, but he's been a roller coaster. Also, yeah, he's been like he's had some decent moments, but for the most part, he's been a roller coaster. He's been better in the middle relief role, and that's why originally I wasn't too upset with it or even annoyed with it. It's just more of like, and, and the fact that he faced the bottom of the lineup too. He had to face Myers. He faced Maldonado and then uh, Dubon. And then uh, Bregman hit the homer after Dubon had, got the two out hit. Mm-hmm. So Fulmer actually almost got out of the inning. It was just, he gave, he had one, two bad pitches because he allowed the hit and then the homer. It, but again, though, it just based off what they said alone and then to go, to go back on it tonight just it doesn't make sense or at the very least use a guy like use a guy that you haven't used where was lighter jr you didn't use him the last two days because you get your butt kicked 27 to 4 oh, all right no. i feel better no, I, we suck again <laughs> i disagree with jack r uh, thanks for joining jack and everybody in the chat we appreciate that if you're not watching the live youtube feed it's a great way to enjoy the whole experience, you get Cody's rants live, and then you get to comment on the side of the screen as well. Um, Jack R. basically said, you thought we are going to beat the Astros with Tyone pitching? I just don't think Tyone cost you this game. No. He didn't. I'm not Morrell's got to catch the ball, year, dude. I'm not saying he's been great this year, but I don't think he cost you this game. No. No. Definitely and, and as not. far as the Morrell thing, okay, let's dive into it. Like, this this is a this is a two prong attack on this this convo right like first of all where should he be playing that's what we that's what I wanted to know when he was called up I said where do you where are you gonna play him I I still lean towards the idea of you got to play either Morel at one position and DH those are my two options early on I don't think I love the flexibility of playing him all over the place. Now, Ryan will explain to you why they are playing him all over the place. The problem with it is that it then it then leads to this conversation of, are they serious about winning this year, or is it about player development for the future? It's a fine line. It's a tightrope, and they're walking it, and you see when it doesn't work, how it turns out badly, right? Like mm-hmm. tonight's an example of they were it was player development. They're trying to get half a little time off, and they're playing a guy in left who's probably not really a left fielder. He's also probably not a center fielder. But they want to prove that he's this it the best thing they can get out of Christopher Morell for the future of this franchise would be, hey. Here's this guy who's got some pop. He's got energy, and we could literally play him all over the field a la Ben Zobrist. He's a great athlete, but that doesn't mean he's Ben Zobrist yet. The question is, how much do you risk this year to try and create a guy that is similar to, quote-unquote, Ben Zobrist? Well, I think if you're going to do it, this is the year to do it. You're not going to wait till next year when they should be competing even more for a division. Just some people would um, say that year's... Cody would tell you that this year's that year because the division's winnable. It's winnable, but it also isn't the team that you put together to win a division. And in my opinion, this is not. This is a team that can compete for a division. This isn't a, a team that's going to run away with the division. Not the way you put together. Not the way they played, obviously. And yeah. that's where you know where we're sitting with Morel specifically. 
yeah, we had that conversation. Why is he playing left? Well, you know what? Ian Happ can't play every single day. And, and I get they had the, the off day on Thursday, but there's going to be days where, like, you know, yeah, what old days guys want. Guys probably tried at their best to play 162, right? That's not that's just not how baseball works anymore. Guys don't play 162. I'm surprised. Um, you know, Dansby only missed the one game, I think. Yeah. And I'm surprised he hasn't sat even, even one or two more, you know. Like, I, guys don't play 162. So there's going to be a day when Ian Happ needs a day to just be off his feet, at least in the field, like bat him, whatever. Um, but just, he's not going to be in the field with Morrell with him up right now. And Nelson, not up. He's your pretty much fourth outfielder because people are going to complain if Trey Mancini plays the outfield. They're going to be mad if uh, Patrick wisdom plays the outfield. Everyone hated miles master Boney playing outfield and he was up. So you know what? Christopher Morrell is your fourth outfielder. And he's the reason, well, part of the reason he's up, not only because he was hitting the crap out of the ball, in Triple A, but I mean, you talk about last season. Why did he come up? He came up because he's this versatile guy who's supposed to be able to play a bunch of different positions. Not saying he's Ben Zobris, but this like this idea of mm-hmm. like a new Ben Zobris type guy who can go all over the field. Right? Like that's that was one of the things of why he's up now, or why why I was okay with him being up now as long as he was going to play every day. And for him to play every day, he's going to have to play at multiple positions. Now, Nico getting hurt obviously helps in the fact that like there's more time at second base that he can play, right? Uh, but in just a general sense, he's gonna have, if he's going to play every day, it has to be all over the field, and one of them is probably going to have to be left field because you have Cody Bellinger playing almost every day in center, Seiya Suzuki almost every day in right, left, you know, Ian Happ almost every day in left. When you know, He's going to have to try to mix in at some point in those positions. So today just happened to be that day, and people are, gonna, people are already mad. Why is Morrell playing left field? Why is he playing left field? You know what? It's... That's one of those hindsight things we talk about, right? Like the, the what, Kevin? I got a quick update on Cody Bellinger. Okay, real quick. We'll go, okay, yeah. we'll get this update from Bellinger from Kevin. So he says uh, David Ross says everything seems to be okay. So everything thank seems, God. That's yeah. what it looked like, right? Like, maybe, like it looked like a little bit of a tweak. That's all he said, though. That doesn't mean you know we heard him say that about Horner too. That's true. So that's true. that doesn't rule out an IL stint. And I'm sure they haven't if they need to do imaging that hasn't been done yet. So that's, and, and that's then fair. you'll start. Put Morell in center field a lot too. Yeah. So which again, again, that's the, that's the debate, right? Like, so he, whose fault is the is the missed catch in left field? Is it Morell in left because he's a major leaguer and he should be playing? If you're in left field and the manager puts you there, you should catch it. Or is the manager's fault because he's really not a great left fielder, but he is helping you with his bat? Well, that that's 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 the problem to me. It's not really a debate. I think it it is on Morell. Like I I think it has to be. If he's going to be – and actually, no. I'm going to take that back. I'm going to walk that back a little bit. Like, <laughs> It is kind of on both of them, but it's also kind of on it's management shared. too. Like front yes. office, like they didn't get them that fourth outfielder that we, we talked about. Like they went and, and signed three first basemen this offseason, right? Like they, they did some things where – Two first they, basemen. But. Th- I mean three, realistically, we include well, Rios. If you, yeah, oh, if you okay. add Rios. Rios at three. So they didn't yeah. – they didn't have – they don't have that real fourth outfielder. Nelson Velasquez could have been that – but he wasn't playing much while he was here, and that was another part of the reason why they made the Morel Velasquez switches so that Velasquez could go back down and play every day. So, but back to my point is now Morel is your fourth outfielder based on the rest of the guys that no one wants to play outfield. So he's gonna have to play left. He's gonna probably gonna have to play center. Probably gonna have to play right. Today was the day that he played left, and it was a it, it's it's a little more of a of an unusual left field for sure with the just how close the wall in left field is um but it, 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 that's kind of a gamble to me right and if it works out no if he catches that ball no one says anything about it no like no one's talking about it at all but he didn't 
And so now people are coming back and saying, well, why is Morel playing left field? Why would you play? It's one of those. He made a decision to try to, you know, get if it was, if it was truly to get Ian Happ just off his feet as far as the fielding goes, he made a little bit of a gamble, put a guy who only played, I think, nine innings in left field last year, but is supposed to be this utility player, put him out there where they, he thought he could make the play, and he didn't make the play. Like, I don't like the idea. I, I I don't like the idea of like saying like, well, it didn't work out, so now that was a stupid decision. Like, no, it was no. a sound decision when it was made. It just didn't work out. Now, the former thing, I agree with you. Like he he, he pitched two thirds of an inning, gave up three runs yesterday. Also pitched Saturday. There's probably other options you could go with at that point. My thing about Morell and left field today is, all right, fine. You want to you want to give Ian Happ an off day. If that if that is I mean that is the reason, I I get it fr- from that aspect. But you're risking, but in doing that you're risking something like what happened tonight. And it, I get it if Morell had played in this ballpark before, but but he, they haven't. It's a weird the, left. The field. Cubs have not played in Houston for multiple years. All right, so like. And especially Morell isn't because the the Cubs didn't play in Houston last year. So like, that's that's what you're risking if you want to give Ian Happ a ho- an off day, and you have an off day this week. Well, the and end- you had the off off day last week. Like that to me, that's what you're risking. So th- to me, it's more. Of course, it is on Morell. In my opinion, he's got to make that catch. But also, I this is t- also on. I hundred percent tell you he's got to yeah. make that catch. And, I know everybody in the chat saying, like, well, there's no offense without him. We're not blaming the game no, on Christopher no. Morell. I'm not blaming the game he's, on Morell. That's he's the only that, reason they had offense tonight. Right. I get that. But that's he's also the reason they it. scored runs early in the right. game. I also want to say this and that with the whole giving half the off day thing is, like, David Ross has never – he's going to wear it for the, his guys. Like, maybe Hap is feeling something that we just didn't know about, and they're like, want to keep you know, want to keep the bat in the lineup, maybe don't put you out in the field so you're off your feet a little bit more, right? Like, Fair. There are things that David Ross isn't doesn't tell the media, doesn't say publicly. Stuff going on in the clubhouse, whether it's player health or, or, or you know off the field stuff, like he's not going to reveal that to the public, and so that ends up going on him, and he wears that, and that's just any manager, right? Like every manager sure. does that, like keep stuff private. If guys don't want it to go out, he'll keep it private, and he'll wear whatever comes with that. So we don't know. We don't know what the reason why specifically why Hap needed the day off today when we consider that he had the day off on Thursday. Like he could be dealing with something that they just wanted the bat in the lineup, and again, Morrell is your fourth outfielder. That's right, because Velasquez isn't here because that's right. other roster decisions yeah. that they've made. That's part of the deal. They don't have, yes, a lot of their prospects coming up will be outfielders, but currently they're probably a guy short out there. Like They're trying to find that person that can come up Morell's way of staying in that role that he's in is offensively doing what he's doing offensively, but then being good enough defensively at each of those positions. That's why I said when he, he was called up and Nico got hurt, I said, okay, I would like to see him play second base and stay there. But I understand that the reason he's here is because of his versatility. Mm-hmm. But if you're strictly talking about trying to win games... Your best bet is having Morell at second base while Nico's hurt, still in the lineup, or DH, or DH if that's the case. But we don't know what's going on in left field. We don't know if Hap needed time off. We don't know if he was tired. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he's nicked up. 
and they just don't have another. Morell is pretty much the only option to put somebody out there. What are you going to at least on the roster right now? I, I suppose you could you could try wisdom out there, but then that makes third base worse because then Morell's going over to third base. He's not as good defensively as wisdom is. Like, well, and that's what I'm saying is like it's part, not a perfect part, roster. Yeah, part, it's not, and and I don't think even bringing up prospects right now is is making this a perfect roster. Like we talk about the Cubs' best twenty six, the Cubs' optimal twenty six, right? They they whatever their optimal twenty six is, I still think it's a flawed roster. So that's what I'm saying is like, there's no quick fixes to this right now, this season. And that's why I keep coming back to the fact that like, if you're going to pick a season where you are playing Christopher Morrell on left field to see if he can do it, like it's right now. And people don't want to hear that because it it is a winnable division. There's still what? Oh, they're no more than, I think they're four games back still since the Cardinals. They were four out when they walked. Since the Cardinals smoked Milwaukee today. So yeah, it is a winnable division. And to be honest, it's a pretty, they're still at most, two games back of the wild card right now. So, yeah, they can still make the playoffs with this roster, but what you are expecting also is a better roster in 2024 when you shouldn't be testing Christopher Morrell out throughout the outfield. Now, they could have done that last year, too. Probably could have played him in left field a little bit more, but Ian Happ, you know, played at almost every day. Last also, year, so. current trends need to stop if you're going to be a playoff team. Like, yeah. remember, oh, you, had a, you had a really nice start to the season that's kind of been washed away. Like, all the good vibes have kind of been washed away the Cardinals seem to be playing better baseball Debbie just said uh in the chat it was it was funny I never heard it described this way uh she said uh a little bit up here there it is Debbie Elder this team was never going to be good it was always going to be sneaky not bad let's not kid ourselves well Uh, we'll we'll find out that that might be the case still I don't even know if I agree with that I think it could have been this is what I said preseason like a 500 team with the ability to win five more games or lose five more games than that. That's, that's still where I stand. Uh, I think my preseason was maybe like 84 wins, something like that, 85. 85, whatever it was, which is still in that range, right? Um, and I still think they can be that good. I mean, they obviously have to be better than this, but they're also only three games blo- below they 500. Could be, uh, like, high 70s. Yeah, so it, it's, uh, it could be, in my opinion, like that's like the range, and like outside of that would be a little more surprising. But... Yeah, <laughs> like I, I think they, sh- they they should be playing better. They could be playing better. Um, you know, they obviously ran into a, a good Houston team that doesn't look as good on paper, but it's still mostly it's a World Series roster. Like the fact that Fran Rivaldez had a worst start of the year and they were still pretty good in that game, like tells you that it's a good team. Um, sorry, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but like for that comment specifically, I think they can be a better team, and I don't think they're not competing for the division or, you know, a wild card spot when September rolls around. But like you said, the troubling trends have to fix themselves because there's a lot of that. Besides Morrell's hit today, there was a lot more of that failure to get the big hit, right, today. Like, that happened the f- with the first two innings, I think, they had. They got runners on and couldn't get them in with two outs, whatever it was. Yeah. So, it's – Yes, the yeah. Cubs had chances to, to – to Chip away, and then maybe Morrell hits that homer. Yes, they they did have chances. Um, yeah, I the way that the game went though, like what I what I you want me to start complaining about Say Suzuki not lifting the ball more? The dude hit the ball on he had a line drive, one hundred nine miles per hour, and Jeremy Payne just made a great play. The game goes a lot different if he doesn't get that ball. They had one out, and that ball was headed towards the to left center I mean and who knows what happens I'm just but the, that 
that out that was made though is just like it sums up how this like tough stretch has been where you just feel like a lot of the what things going the Cubs way the first like month of the year um aren't going the Cubs way right now and it sucks and so I'm just uh I think the Cubs have their best roster right now if you don't count the injuries of course like this roster is better with Nico Horner on it like mm-hmm. literally like that that there's no like they miss him a lot right yeah, now they miss him at second and so my my we were talking about this a little bit like Luke you want to play Morel at second base a little bit more while Nico's out, obviously, because he looked great over there. Mm-hmm. Nick Magical is not doing shit, dude. He he has not done he has not done anything in the in the opportunities he's given since Nico went down. He hasn't been that great. All right, he doesn't walk. He hits. He's like when I checked today, a sixty nine percent ground ball rate. I I'm I'm not, and I'm not complaining that he's in the lineup tonight because there's a lefty and I don't want Mastroboni facing lefties, but like. All I'm saying is that in the given situation, how much worse can Master Boney be than Nick Magical? At least the guy has a better play approach. At least he might be able to work a walk for you. I, and, hell, I don't even know what he would be defensively because they barely used him on the infield. But I'm willing to find out because it's just something different. Because what's doing what we're doing right now ain't working, bro. It ain't working. So, why not? Like, And that goes back, that goes into so many other things. It feels like... We just keep doing this, like, they just keep running in the same thing over and over. And the only thing that's working really for this team is the first five guys in the lineup, like, every single day, whether it's Morell or Nico or, you know, Swanson, Hap, Suzuki, yep. Bellinger, whatever. Like, those guys, outside of Suzuki not being able to show the power yet. You know? And even Mancini can be added into that. But then, and, and Jan Gomes. But, like... We're, it just feels like they just do the same things every day. And it, and they, they got to, like, change it up something. Like, change something up. That That's that's how I feel about how things are going. Because if you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over, you're going to keep doing – like, you're going you're gonna to keep losing games in the same fashion. I'm, I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> I think uh, Fussfix in the chat has just joined us because uh, they're suggesting that we're marquee and sugarcoating – uh, what happened out there? <laughs> yeah, so I don't didn't. think you've listened to the guy over there yeah. that's saying he's ready to be hurt again. I'm out. Shame on you, Master Bonies. <laughs> what? I, don't, Fix. I don't. I. You haven't been watching the podcast. No, um, I've never <laughs> seen him in the chat before tonight. Either, so. He opened I, up. <laughs> you really just called me? Did you just literally just say that we just marqueed this shit? Come on, bro. Yeah, I deserve some more respect. Cody opened up with the rant. Like that's how we started. The show. <laughs> I deserve more respect. There's, there are problems with this roster there may be a problem with the manager you don't know that yet you just don't know it's the first year you're deciding it again it is an imperfect roster but that doesn't mean decisions won't be judged this season well they should be should be they should be first guess second guess whatever you want to do you can go back and look at it and say all right were these the right moves we're going to find out are people frustrated sometimes with this team yes they're four they're they're four games out but it is not a perfect roster. And the not perfect roster is leading to some not perfect decisions. It's leading to some not perfect games. And it's leading to some not perfect results. And currently, it's trending a way that has Cody slightly uh, flummoxed over there. 
I was just again. I, I understand it. I understand it. Like it, it, it had a great vibe to the beginning of the season. They were doing all the little things. Somebody in the chat mentioned they're not they're not running like they were. Well, they're not getting on base like they were necessarily either. But the offense surprised us early in the season. It was a pleasant surprise. The pitching's what it was. Now the pitching has taken on some injuries and things that has impacted a little bit. I'm not talking about the bullpen. The starting pitching hasn't quite been what it was early in the season. Yeah. That's also to slightly be expected, but oh Matthew Gregory agrees with me. I appreciate that. Um a few people said they agree with me and they understand my anger. So, yes. Thank you. I appreciate you. By the way, I will say that in the fifth inning, Mancini's play at the plate was a nice play. Yeah, no, like, and I said if that. If that's sugarcoating, let it be sugarcoating. It was a nice play. The score would have been even worse without it. Yeah, I mean, well, that was that at the point, that was a game-saving play. That should have yeah. been the turning point in yeah. the game offensively, too. Exactly. You're riding into the, you know, it's a tie game. And in the next inning, you had a runner on first. I want to say it was Ian Happ. And that's when Seiya Suzuki hit that line drive right into Jeremy Pena's glove that turned into a double play. And, you know, it's just oh, so frustrating. So, I think Brennan, Brennan had a, a really good comment up there um, talking about, you know, the, the roster and stuff. It says, address the 40-man complexity re-Mervis last Guardian September. Mervis. Two, swap magical with Morrell to start the year. And three, Hosmer playing time plus signing decision for establish the opportunity role for Nelson. And I think he's saying that as in, like, the things that they haven't done. Someone someone asked him what decisions he would make differently oh, okay. or something like that. I think that's what... I don't okay, know. Brendan, I'd understand it completely if you heat map the whole thing. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I read his comment, and I was... Yeah. Like, yeah, like, has Hosmer being in the lineup sometimes hurt the Cubs? Yes. Has... Not having not being able to fit Nelson Velasquez on the roster with Christopher Morrell hurt the Cubs. In a way, I think you can argue it because you got Miles Mastroboni and Nick Madrigal on the roster right now with when you don't have Nico Horner. I if you were able to fit two infielders on the roster before the injury, why couldn't you fit two outfielders on the roster? Make it make sense. Uh yeah, like there there's plenty of things. So like you, that, you can look back and think, well, maybe if they'd done it this way, maybe things go differently. I, I, I would say it was not a second guess. It was a first guess. Oh, Morell in left field. Fulmer came yeah. in. Oh, interesting. Fulmer's coming in. There were a couple things today that I will store away personally and yeah. say, uh, maybe this wasn't. I'll yeah. store that one away. I mean, the Morell one, I don't even like. Like disagree, it didn't. It just didn't work out, right? It's just the decision right. didn't work out. The Fulmer one was the one where you're like, yeah. At I the when he came in, you were like, huh, yeah. And then it didn't work out. Like there was one you were at yeah. least partially questioning the move, and then it didn't work out. I don't hate that they put Morell in left field today. I don't hate it. It's just that's the risk of if you're you're if you're gonna sit your Gold Glove left fielder or not sit him, but DH him today because of whatever issue. Clearly, he wasn't injured enough to where he couldn't play today. So, that that's always going to be the risk with Morrell if you use him all over the field like the Cubs want to. And will it cost them tomorrow? I sure hope not. And I don't think it. I don't think it's something that will cost them every day, or else they would stop doing it. And maybe they just play him at third base or DH like I want them to when this team is at full health. But you know, like 
again, that's just that that comes with the risk. And Ryan does make a good point with this year being the okay year to do it because yes, this team could could still could compete to make the playoffs if you know things start going right and you just hang around five hundred all year and and find a way to get hot at the right time. We've seen teams do it all the time. Guardians last year, in my opinion. Uh, but. If things keep going then this way, then, you know, we're going to be talking. Do you really want to sit here and talk about the trade deadline? I don't want to do stock up, stock down. No. I don't, I'm sorry. I, I don't love the do bit, it. but I'd rather and, not and do it again. It's a great bit, but, like, all these people in the chat watching right now, me, all three of us here, not Ryan because he's middle anyway, Kevin, we do not have to, we do not deserve to have to sit here and do another, like, oh, trade deadline talk. I, I do not want to do that again. Yeah, no, thanks. I, I, I no, don't, I, I don't want to because I'm, I'm all for the content, man. If, if they're winning, you know, the content's going to be good. That's, that's a fair, winning. That's right. a fair way thing, to spin it. One thing I will say about the press box thing, and I was part of this, is that while Ryan is doing his best to be impartial, everybody in that press box, some will try and tell you otherwise. They're all rooting for wins because the stories are more interesting with wins. I don't care what they say. Yeah. I, there's not a. I'm not saying they're cheering in the press box, but very rarely you're going to find yeah. someone who's up there thinking, "I'm totally impartial. I oh, have yeah. no care about this." Bull business is better when the team wins. Let me period. Get better answers let, from let, the players. Let me just put it like everything's it. better. Let me just yeah. put it like this: What's going to get more clicks, a, a Cubs sell-off piece or a Cubs who are they going to trade for piece? That's all I'm going to say. Let's get yeah. more clicks. Let's get more views on YouTube. Yeah. Things are better when the team's winning for and everybody. At the ballpark, in the press box. And I, and doesn't mean you're a super fan, but it does mean. Yeah. And I know that, like, I came on here, ran to all this. They are still only three games under. I just, it's just, this loss just feels like a, a part of the handful of losses that they've had the last two, three weeks where you felt like they could have won. They, again, they had all, they had the chances after they tied the game to perhaps take the lead and they just didn't, didn't get it done. So like, I'm not mad at Michael Fulmer. I'm mad at the idea of using him after you used him two days ago. And I'm, and I'm upset with, um, just that idea. Basically that that's probably the only thing that I'm really upset with outside of the fact that they lost the game. And it's another one where you felt like they could have won. Here's a positive, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. That'll light up your night, Cody. Oh. That'll that'll give you the spark you're looking for. Energy savings <laughs> and beautiful light. Yeah, these lights shine on my face right now, making me feel so much better. Also, making my li- my legs look like they're freaking pale as shit. Um, well, more scooter rides and shorts will help. Yeah, that. I need the. I'm looking forward to more <laughs> daytime rides to the office for that particular thing. Anyway. The Comet Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses and the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Luke. That's right. Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. Comet also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment. Or industrial processes. Interesting. How does that work, Luke? Well, Cody, an authorized engineer is going to work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and your needs. They can be done in person or virtually. They last about two hours. 
Then within three to four weeks, customers get a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on right away. And then each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait on this. You're losing money. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Did you say comed.com slash powering biz, Luke? That's it, Cody. Schedule it today. And then when you go to look at the, uh, we talk about comment. You go, you go to Wrigley Field. You yeah. got the brand new lights, which actually they're adjusting. They're adjusting. They're playing around yeah. with, right? Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe did Comet give them so much energy that the lights are just too bright? I don't know. Could There's be never such thing as too much energy. <laughs> but but if you want to go check it out, just just to kind of yeah. do your own research, tinker with um, it. Use game time to get you there. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Cody, how cheap were some of the Cubs tickets that you've seen going around? Down to as low as $2 at some points uh, this year. And it's think. not because a team is as bad as they were. No, no, no. Kids are still in school. Like, it's yeah. tougher to get to the ballpark also, right now. Also, uh, you know, the weather plays a factor. Yeah. But I've gotten really cheap tickets on really beautiful April days. And that, yeah. you know, as the season goes along and as it gets warmer, uh, I don't think they'll be $2. But, uh, you know. It'll still be pretty cheap. Yeah. When are they back in town? Uh, next week. Next week? 70s. Yeah. 70, yeah, 71, 73, 70. I mean, game time, I got, you know, my, my one and only Bears game I've ever been to. We got, we were at CHGO Bears tailgate, which I hope make the return this fall. But we were at a CHGO Bears tailgate, me and my family. And then, well, like, let's just go to the game. Got, got tickets on game time. It was that nice. easy. That was way to go. Like yeah, Dub so, says that he got into Target Field this weekend for $18. There you go. Game so, time. So game time, flash deals and last minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Uh, they have the images of seat views, actually, which is very helpful if you want to just know exactly where you're going to be, uh, what your view is going to be. Uh, it's got lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. So Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Busfix says that I should be forced to wear pants. Oh, we we're back that? to the like, pants story. Back. Can we get that? Not just pants. In my contract. No, Trousers. No. Honestly, he says. Fix Trousers, Bob. He's been being even mean in the chat today. I'm literally <laughs> just wearing normal khaki shorts, bro. I mean, what do you want? I'm sorry. I thought you quit us, Fussfix. He's back. He's also, back. like, yeah. it's getting warmer, and I'm... I'm like a, Dubs, hashtag I'm a, team shorts. I'm a big <laughs> dude. I'm a big dude, and, like, big dudes sweat, all right? Y'all are just going to have to deal with me wearing shorts on this set. I can't do jeans anytime after May starts. I'm sorry. No chafing. No. I want the chafing. No, I don't want that. And, like, 
Yeah. I don't They're hot. They're hot sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Kids don't even wear jeans anymore. When I got this job, my number one thing that I was excited about was the fact that I could just wear shorts to work <laughs> every day. <laughs> my, my previous... Listen, you guys can pay me, but as long as I can wear shorts to <laughs> my work... My previous I'm job, I had to wear, like, khaki pants and, like, a polo every day. Are you you're kidding like, me? The moment I got this, I was like, oh, sign me up for shorts every day. You're like, uh, you're our version of George McCaskey. You're riding in on a scooter <laughs> with your shorts and your spinner hat. You're like, Here you yeah. come to work. Yeah. Everything's good. <laughs> that was a shot. Sorry, George. That wasn't deserved. Uh, we have a couple super chats. We Matthew do says some super chats are missed. good for vibes. We missed one earlier. We got we got a few. I'll go back. Michael Thiel. Right now, so where's Keegan in high leverage situations? He pitched yesterday. He did not pitch. in high leverage situations. <laughs> he did pitch. He pitched two innings yesterday. He also hasn't had the kind of season out of the bullpen that. Been working through some things yeah, too, right? Through some things. I'm, his walk rate, I haven't checked it, he's but been, I, it's still pretty. He's got 5.48 walks per nine, which is not very good. Still good enough to be the mayor of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. 14.8 percent walk rate, which is a career. Yeah, I mean, you know, been a couple years in the league, that's a career. Yeah, he kind of, you know, obviously he started the season off pretty hot in terms of just getting outs, um, and then you know he added some rough outings, and yeah. then. I think against it was in that last game against the Cardinals. He came in just to get the final three outs of the game. Gave up a run. Wasn't great. He had clean inning, clean two innings yesterday and a blowout. He was the only reliever who did shit for the Cubs yesterday. So that was a good sign, I guess. Um, but yeah, he pitched two innings yesterday. He probably ain't gonna pitch today. Yeah. He, he and then there's also like when he pitches. When he pitches a couple day, a couple innings, there's probably going to be a couple days in between his next outing. Like he's yeah. just the way he recovers um, from outings is kind of what it is. Um, Fernando Super yeah. Chat, I agree with Cody. It's just painful fist bump, fist bump, and then um, Mariano <laughs> Tenuto says Ross is not the manager of the future. I just I. We're going to be arguing about this all season long, yeah. I feel like, especially if this team just stays at 500 and doesn't, like, emerge to anything more than what we think. The guy hasn't been perfect, that's for sure. And, yeah, I've been yelling about him using Fulmer tonight instead of, you know, someone else. But, I mean, I don't I, I don't know. doesn't matter. Whatever manager you, they bring in next, all of you will – Find a way to complain about the uh, complain about him before a week into the job. Like that's just what that's just what the manager is. People don't like the manager. So give me a legit reason why you think David Ross shouldn't be the manager, and I can answer that or at least comment off it. Just you thinking that he's not the ma- manager of the future. Cool. Like right now, I I, could, I can't. Tell you definitely you. can't. I, I don't think I, you can answer that right now. You can't answer it now. You in two months, if this team is really falling apart then I think you can because I think that despite the flaws of this roster, despite, you know, the injuries and everything, this team should be able to at least hang around 500 all year. That to me, that, 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 that should be our, that, that should be our expectation. Under. They're three under. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If they, if they hang around 500 all year, then I think David Ross is doing a good enough job. Has he been perfect again? No. But I just don't see it as bad as what a lot of people think in terms of like them winning and losing games. They have they they in the month of April they played better than what a lot of people expected, and right now they're playing 
worse than what people expected. So you need the middle to, to come around and see what this team develops into over the next few months. Right? Yeah, I, yep. I agree. I don't, I don't think, especially when we talk about it's the first real, like, roster where you look at it and it's like, this could be a competitive roster. Right? Like, even last yeah. year, like, I think the most we said was, like, best case scenario, everything falls their way, they might compete for the division, right? Yeah. Like, this is, a, is a, a roster with a higher floor than what they had the last year, and then especially once the, all the trades happen in 21. So I think this is the, the season where you really – really start looking at what David Ross does as an in-game manager. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think, what are we at, 41 games now? I don't think 41 games is enough to to give you a, a good idea of what he is as far as, like, the manager of the future goes. I, I don't remember what – he got ex, he had an extension before uh, the 2022 season, like right, right before the lockout ended, I think. I don't remember exactly what year that ends. I don't think – I think it's for a few more years. I don't see him being on the hot seat this year, but this is the year where you start to, by the end of it, you start to get a better idea of like, who is David Ross as a manager? Is he the manager of the future? I think that's, I think you have, I think that's something you look at like when the season ends and you kind of look back at a lot of the things he did well and didn't do well. And you start to consider that. I don't think May 15th is the time to do that. Doug in the live chat says, uh, Rossi falls a little too much in love with certain players, keeps them out there past the point where they're being effective he does seem to be getting better at it, though. If if you're someone who agrees with that, the thing I find interesting about it is I always assume that a former catcher like David Ross or Joe Girard, whoever, whoever it might be, I would think that that would be one of the things they'd be really, really good at, which would be an interesting twist if it weren't the case, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you believe he's not good at managing the bullpen – and identifying when guys are spent, when they're at their best. Normally, the first guy to know it is the pitcher. The second guy to know it is the catcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if the manager is a former catcher, that's why a lot of people think the managing kind of goes hand in hand because that's one of the bigger part of being a manager. So anyways, if you believe that, it's interesting that that would be the... And I sat on our show last Thursday when Jordan Burnfield was in here with us, and we compared him and Joe Madden, and I said that I think David Ross has made – he manages a bullpen better than Joe Madden. We've, you, you did say that. And I and I still believe that, despite how angry I've, I am tonight related to the, u, the usage of Michael Fulmer. But, uh, again, that just that's what comes with the manager. You're, they're not going to always please you um, – and they have there's a reasoning behind what all the moves they make. Now that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be critical of them or anything like that. But like it just hasn't been so bad to where I think he needs fired right now. Um, that I I just I like Jordan said when he was on our show. Like I I don't think the manager has as much to do with wins and losses as many people think. I I tend to agree with that. Debbie's talking about maybe we just don't have the roster in place yet. There have been instances this year where Ross has made some questionable decisions. Well, yeah, well, that's I, for sure. I, I would agree 100% with Debbie that the roster is flawed still. Like, this this is not – you don't look at this roster and the lineup and the bullpen and all those things that come in and you don't say, they're going to win a World Series. Like, I hope nobody in the chat out there or in, in the – if you want to cub that way and you think that this is a World Series team, that's one thing. I believe they're on that fine, tight rope line walking still between 
trying to develop for the future, mm-hmm. decide for the future, and being competitive. I think they're more serious about it than they were last year. As you can tell by some of the money they spend in the offseason, some of them are one-year deals, but I think some of them have worked out. Look at Cody Bellinger. They're more serious about it. Do I know if they're a playoff contender yet? We've seen a team that is and is not this season. Yeah, I, we've seen the highs and the lows of this team a lot this year. I don't think it hasn't been great, especially these last few weeks. Has been, I, I think, I think it's a little worse than what they should be. I think it's worse than what they should be. I think, well, they're definitely not playing like a 500 team these last couple of weeks. We know that. But like I said, like I, I was saying 500 ish team. And they should, so they should be better than where they're, they've been at the last three weeks. Seven and 15 yeah. since the almost Drew Smiley perfect game. There you go. So there's that. Um, now, with the, the roster uh, not being an obvious playoff team, they have to be better. They don't like it's hard to say they have to be perfect because no roster is ever going to be perfect, but they definitely have to play better. And the same goes for David Ross. He has to make, he has, he has to be better at making the decisions that work out, whether they're sound or not. Like the decisions have to start working out at some point, right? So that that's one thing I'll, I'll say is like, do I completely bl- blame David Ross every time his decisions don't work out? No, as long as the thought process behind them were sound. But at some point, you do have to. The decisions have to start working out, and sometimes that's just baseball bad luck, right? But he's also like maybe not got to go to Michael Fulmer in the, at that point in the game, at, considering he had just pitched the last two games, right? Like there's that there's that argument to it, and I think that's a valid argument. So he. Um. His in-game decision-making has had its highs for sure. I think he might get a little more hate than usual for specific things versus, like, I'd say probably the majority of the time his decision-making just goes unnoticed because it's the right decision, right? right. Um, but Well, again, like we always say, it's when not the perfect. Cubs win, no one is talking about David Ross. No. Exactly. Uh, and when they lose, everyone is blaming David exactly. Ross. But, but there is to a point where you have to look back. Like I said, you give it to the end of the season and kind of reevaluate. When you look back at the end of the season, you have to look back and say, David Ross made a lot more good decisions than bad. You have to be able to say that. I I will admit that I still err on the side of development over all-in to win every game this season. I know that's that's sort of hard to hear and and admit, but for me, it it doesn't mean I don't think they should try and make the playoffs. But some things are important to find out. I do think it is. I do think it is important to find out where Morrell can play at some point. And frankly, with the bullpen, more so with the bullpen, I do want to find out. Here's I saw Dom in in on Twitter, Dom Frederick before the games or before the show saying, "Listen, Fulmer can't be your best addition in the off season." to the bullpen if you're serious about winning. I don't totally disagree with that. What the Cubs have done is decided that they want to develop these young arms into their bullpen. That's really what they've done. They've got some stopgap guys in there to try and catch lightning in a bottle that they might flip if they need to flip, or they might get a guy that Holt, Boxberger, Fulmer, they're not long-term solutions. They're potential flips and or lightning in a bottle. But the reality is if this Cubs team is going to get to the postseason this year or next year, you need to start to develop Estrada. You need to see Cam Sanders come up. You need to see 
if it's birdie for a little bit and birdie becomes your next guy that's like a fulmer fine um but you need to see those guys come up and be successful yeah. that's where they they've got some guys that can be when um i'm losing his name from the white Sox, coming back from tommy cody john hoyer. cody hoyer when cody hoyer comes up you got to start to ease him in but he's he's the future cam sanders is the future estrada is the future hughes is the future so I do still err on the side of I want to see those guys, even if they fail at times, I'd rather lose a game and see it. tonight. You said, why Why not? Maybe it's not the first game isn't the time to have Estrada instead of Fulmer. But I tell you what, next week, if he's still here, it is for me. Like, I, I want to see that guy take those steps. It's okay if I see him fail. Like, he almost gave up a home run. Bellinger saved him from the home run tonight. And thank goodness if he is okay. Because they definitely need his bat with Nico out and all the other things he brings. But I still do... Push comes to shove, I do still sort of err on the development side of things more than uh, if if this guy's playing... That that's, that's just being honest. Doesn't mean I don't want them to win. But I think... If I had to put a percentage on it, it's still like 60 development, 40. Yeah. Every game is dependent on getting to the post. Like Brendan, when he was here, was like, this is it. I don't want to see him miss the playoffs. You've said the same thing. I don't want to see him miss the playoffs by one game. I don't want to see him miss the playoffs by two games. I don't either. But I also don't want to see them not develop guys because they're afraid to use them in situations either. Which is Tricky. true. Which is very, it is a is a weird line to walk down. And twenty twenty two was like obviously a, a lot clearer of a split between wanting to win games, which David Ross says he wants to win every game, and I believe him. Um, but also like clearly having guys that need to develop. And I think twenty twenty two was easier to walk that line because you kind of knew the majority of that was development. This year is less so. It, it's more like. 60-40 maybe, like you said. It's I, less. I don't, I don't know what the Tomorrow I'd like to see Mervis back in the lineup. For sure. Well, yeah. I weird. agree that the matchup tonight, maybe, hey, give him a little time off, but now I want to see Mervis mm-hmm. bat again. Yeah. So I, it's a weird line, and it's hard. I don't think most teams can do it. it so it's tough with this roster because you, you, don't, you don't have a Chris Bryant. You don't have a, you know, Addison Russell like in 2015, mm-hmm. you don't have these like Schwarber. top tier, yeah, you, or Schwarber. You don't have those guys, uh, to you know that you want to develop. But this like this entire conversation, everything that Luke just said, it's kind of goes into like a lot of my frustration with David Ross or the front office because it it just feels like okay, if you're serious about winning, then why wasn't Morel here earlier? At, honestly, the way Morel's playing to start the year, you can argue that maybe the front office decision-making isn't great because he's the reason they've been doing anything since he got here. Did he need the, did he need the, the, the triple A stint? I don't know. I guess maybe to light a fire under him. So he'd play better and maybe not strike out nearly as much. I don't know. All I'm saying is, is that it kind of looks like that considering how well he's been playing since he got here. Mervis. I know he hasn't been great since he got here, but you know, you talk about development. Well, let's see him develop a little bit. He probably should have been here at least a week before he got here, in my opinion. So, while I agree that I lean more development than I do winning because I do care about the long-term future of 
the franchise, it also feels like you could develop and possibly win with some of these other guys. And I know that doesn't I think mean... they can. I, well, that, I that, agree with that you. That doesn't I think mean can. that I think that Mervis would have came up and, and, and hit better than what we saw from Eric Hosmer. Or, and it doesn't mean that I think that Morrell would have... Autom- like would have if he started the year of the team, it doesn't mean that I think he would have done better than what we saw from you know some of these other guys off the bench like Rios, Madrigal, Mastroboni. It doesn't mean that I think that they would have completely changed what the Cubs record is. But I am saying that if development is a thing, then then take that step and 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 do it. Like why is Nelson Velasquez in in Iowa when you have two infielders on the bench and only one outfielder on the bench like like that's that's a you know you want to develop guys if you care about development then Nelson Velasquez should be here I, that that's I think that's the other side of the spectrum when with everything you just said and so again it's like it leaves me wondering sometimes what are we doing are we serious about you know trying to compete and be in the division race all year or not, and they're not going to tell me, and I'm going to have to sit here and watch it play out, and that's fine. But I don't blame fans to sit in our YouTube chat, sit on Twitter and yell at me about being too hyped about this team or not. I don't blame you for thinking that that the that they're not serious. And I, I'm yeah, just well, very confused right now with what they want to do. I reserve the right to change my mind tomorrow, by the way. Fernan- Same. Fernando, <laughs> Fernando thinks we're trying to gaslight him, Luke, and that's not what's happening. No. You know, we're not, that's not what we're doing. We're, we, I, I completely understand the frustration coming from Cubs fans. Like, I, I get it. And I do, too. Because I get that people, like, fans want to win, right? Like, fans want their team to win, and that's just how it always is. And, and no one likes the rebuild development stage of it. But I think what we're just trying to say, like, that's where they're at right now is they do, they do still have guys they have to develop. And they, I, I do also think that they, when they say they want to win, like, I don't think – I don't think they're not serious about it, but it is a line they have to walk of how can we win games while also making sure we're doing the right thing by some of these young guys and develop them at the right, the right way and, and all this stuff. And it's a hard line. It's a hard thing to do. It's not easy, and I don't know that the Cubs are even doing it the right way or that they can even do it. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying I, I, in my opinion and, and from what the conversations I've had and what – um, what, what it looks like they're doing with the roster and what they're putting on the field. Like, that's that's the kind of line they're still trying to walk. Yeah. And it's hard. And, and I while we while we understand it, what they're doing, I also understand why Cubs fans just want to win. I get it. I, I completely get it. So we're not trying to tell you not to be pissed off about a, a loss or, or, you know. The last three weeks. Yeah, whatever, last three weeks. Like, Four for weeks. sure. Like, if you are expecting better, expect better. Like, it, but... I think it's just more of like we look at things a little bit differently, or at least I do, a little bit differently in that I understand the the steps they're taking. Not even that I agree with it or disagree with it. Like, I was like, I, I see what they're trying to do. I just don't know that it's working. And for for fans to get pissed, like, I understand that side too. Yeah. It, again, it's just uh, – I just want to know if, if, they're, if they're serious about playing meaningful games in September. I thought the signing of Dansby Swanson in December was a sign of we care about winning games in September. I thought, the only reason he came here. Right. He literally said that. He said he, that was it. That was, he Had wanted to prove to, to me that you were serious. Right. Signing Cody Bellinger. Yeah. Has he completely outperformed our expectations? Yeah. But 
anyone who thinks that they wanted to sign him just to flip him at the deadline, on one hand, I totally get it. But on the other hand, it's like, well, then why are you signing Dansby Swanson? I could go, I could do a few more players if you want me to, but like, like they, they have these, they brought in these veterans that have proven to be very good. And they, they, you know, they've gotten unreal production out of Justin Steele better than we expected. Stroh is in a bounce back season. It feels like Drew Smiley has been as good as you could have asked for a number four starter. Hayden Wisniewski, even though he got sent down today, he's been up and down, whatever he's shown flashes of being a solid major league starter. And you're bringing, you're getting Kyle Hendricks back and and you, and yeah, the bullpen blew it tonight, but they, they've had good games too. Like to me, like this, just show me if you care about winning games or not. That's 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 what I want. And it just feels like, especially lately, that they either don't know what they're doing or they're not serious about winning games. And you don't like either one. Yes. No Cubs fan would. Uh, I tell you what every Cubs fan would like. Fubo TV, 140-plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device. You can watch most Chicago sports for the lowest price. You can start watching right now with a seven-day free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. A 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. Watch your local teams while traveling this summer. Lots of events still going on right now. NHL, NBA playoffs, down to four teams in the NBA. Same teams that were in the bubble, by the way, which is sort of crazy. That's pretty wild. Uh, PGA Championship, French Open on the way. And, of course, you can always watch the Cubs on what? Marquee with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Uh, we got another super chat here. From day one, I thought it was a 500 season would be success. I still believe it. Would you agree, says Ryan Downs. Ryan Downs. <laughs> I think most Cubs fans would agree if they started the season, how they're playing now, like it switched. If it like flipped, if they, bad to good, yeah. If they, if they well, were what have you done for me lately? That's obvious. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think... I, I still don't think... Uh, uh, they're not 500 right now. They're not. They're, they're only three games below 500. Even yeah. though that's the low point of the season so far is three games below 500. You know how I would answer that? I would say if it's a 500 team and they don't make the playoffs, I still think the season could be a success if things like this happen. Steele shows you that he is mm-hmm. a one. Well, that's a major success. Wesneski comes back up. Dansby proves he's worth the money so far has. Nico has... Uh, a season where he's an all-star. Uh, Mervis shows you he can produce at first base and play good enough first base. Um, Cam Sanders comes up. Maybe it's Estrada shows you he could be your future closer and starts to take the reins. Maybe it's somebody else that comes up throughout the season. Maybe Morrell shows you, you know what? I had I had a couple iffy nights in the field, but I can be Ben Zobrist if that truly is what the Cubs are trying to develop, a guy who can play anywhere and produce power and do these other things. It, it's about combining the individual success and development of young guys with getting to that 500-slash-playoff team. Yes, I think they could be 500 and still not make the playoffs and still have a successful season, but it'll be harder to do. Yeah, I mean... They could also would, do all I, three, be over yeah. 500, make the playoffs, and be... It just depends on how they. <laughs> right, end. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, possible. it depends on how they end the year and who you know who develops and you know if Cody Bellinger is still here. Like, I don't, I, I don't understand why anyone would want to just flip him 
I really don't. But well, people think he's blocking PCA or other outfielders. But if you have to trade some of them to get Shohei and make Justin Steele your number two, <laughs> okay. You know, Bellinger still plays first base, right? Yeah. yeah still an go. opening there. PCA's your center fielder. Bellinger's Well, I base. would just say this. Cody Bellinger could – look, at today you're trying to get Ian Happ off his feet. Do you don't think Cody Bellinger could play left field? If you, if you said to him, hey, this year you're going to have to play some left field because you and Happ are going to have to get off your feet a lot, and then you're going to play some DH. I don't like to get rid of good players. Yeah. I don't like to get rid of good players if they want to be here. Just yeah. hammer that into some people's heads. Yeah, he's been awesome on every level, too. Right? Like, I mean, like he's, that, that's, he's been That's phenomenal. just me. I don't, I don't care to shove guys out the door if they're good. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to who you got because this is very important. The updated pre- pregame uh. standings. Again, it's by win percentage. I started the game 11-26. and 26. I remained that way because I did not pick. I abstained tonight. Uh, Ryan, 10 and 28, Corey, 9 and 27, Cody, 8 and 31, Brennan, 1 and 3. The producers, Kevin, Sarah, and Joey have combined to go 3 and 3. 3 and 3. And three, and three. Oh, 0 and 1, 1 and 1. Yeah, 3 and 3. 3 and 3. The producers. Math. math I was, <laughs> uh, my focus was going out for a second. Anyways, uh, yeah. So three half and was 1 for 3 at the walk. That's my argument. <laughs> he was I, 1 for 3 at the walk. He got on base twice. I mean, it ha- it has to be Corey with Morel. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know he made the play that wasn't great in left field. Yeah. See, that's where I don't know because yeah, but I he mean, made it back with the home run. What did anybody else really do? Bellinger made that play that got Don him. Gomes. Bellinger made a nice. Don play. Gomes had the sack fly. That that miscatch led to four runs though. That's that's the thing that I don't know. Well, and wait a minute. It somebody after the play happens. Somebody can still pick up their teammate. Let's not, I don't want to say it was a four run. It's not like four runs scored on the play. It's not like he dropped the ball in left runs. field. It rolled off his leg into a corner and four guys rounded the bases. That didn't happen. People were on base. He didn't make the catch and then stuff happened afterwards. But I, I get your point. So mm-hmm. I can't blame four runs on him. You definitely can blame two. I could blame a couple runs on him, but I, I don't know. He, two runs he scored when he didn't By the way, if, if you don't know, follow on Twitter. I called the Morrell home run. Yeah, whatever. Before the at-bat and in the windup, I said. That was the only tied. thing Stuck was excited about when it happened. I'm sitting on the couch. I almost walked out and said, that's it. And, and Stuck's like, yeah, I called it, bitch. <laughs> No, I, that's basically what happened. Dude. I think yeah, it's Morel. I, I don't Morel, it, Morel is Morel is your guy. He made he made the non air non box score error that did lead to a few more runs. Probably could have got out of the inning with no runs scored. But he also Vibes. had the home run that tied up the game. The way he dropped fine, the, the bat. I mean, he I mean he, he crushed it. <laughs> he crushed it again. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, picking Morel's been a Corey. good thing for who you got right now. Yeah. Corey, despite not even being on the mainland, yeah, is he even back yet. It, um, improves to 10 and 27 un- unrelated bus yeah. fix i see your comments dude like don't take us that seriously like take us seriously but don't take us that seriously like it's okay ripping morel for what play the play that he dropped like is, i don't know I, I don't know like I no 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 i there's no question morel should have made the catch yeah, yeah. period yeah. like morel will tell you that pat hughes said it in the broadcast it was a catchable ball it wasn't like routine but it was a play that you want your left fielder to make. Right. Okay. Now, am I giving, a, I said this at the beginning of the podcast, am I giving 100% blame to Christopher Morrell for not making the catch? 
I'm giving 80 because he's the player out there and he believes he should make the catch. So I'll put 80 on him. 20% goes to whoever put him there. David Ross. For whatever reason, he should be there. Maybe that 20 gets divided up into 10 and 10, the manager, and maybe the roster's imperfect, so there was no op- there's no option to put him there. So the other 20, however you want to divide that up, there's 20 there. But I don't put all I don't I don't put four runs on him, and I I do give him credit for man. The, the inning does end bad. if he makes the catch. That's he does, looked, but he looked bad in that at bat. Yes. Two swings that were just horrible, and then it was like, man, you leave a mistake, that guy's gonna rip it. Yeah. He's gonna rip it. <laughs> um so. I, I mean I think my vote's still for Morell. I like Belly had the catch, but that was also they were already down two runs. Like it, it might have saved a run, but the offense didn't do anything after that anyway. Um Yeah, someone said, like, list, someone said Morell evened it out. Uh Morell was the only reason, like even without that four runs that uh, that ended up scoring yeah. that inning, like the offense wasn't really doing anything the rest of the game. They weren't at least getting the big hits the rest of the game anyway. Which Morrell had the big hit, right? He had to get the one that made it seem possible they could actually win this one. Now you could look at that graphic uh, live on YouTube, and you could say, "Well, sad face emoji for me," <laughs> but maybe I was the smart one for abstaining. Although they did get four runs off Framber Valdez, so you almost did take Framber Valdez, <laughs> but you didn't. So yeah, that's I already. I'm not going to repeat myself. I'm going to make me all pissed off again. <laughs> you, you got you, you got the starter out. They did. The they had opportunities and, to win. And, and you, oh, God. It's all right, Cody. I hate this team. Tomorrow's a new day, a new dawn. I can't wait to wake it's up. It's different here. Next w- starts here, Cody. I can't wait to wake up, roll over, look at DraftKings Sportsbook, play some bets. And hey, then, Parlay. Hey, and, you and won money tonight. I did win money tonight. Tell us how much money you won. Uh... Eighty dollars. Nice. Okay. See? More than I. More than I won today. More than I won today. That's yeah. all that matters. I did tell everyone on the pregame show to take Morell over a half total base. Bingo. And he did. Money. Uh. Yeah. Why Can't wait to wake up too. tomorrow and talk myself into winning tomorrow. That's just what I do. Don't judge me. I don't judge any of you in the YouTube chat, <laughs> who, who have all been judging my legs for the entire show. God bless you all. Thank you for watching. I will judge you if you don't hit the like button on the way out. Yeah, 53, sure. though, we appreciate it. And a oh. good, uh, good chat all day. Right, yeah. right at the end. Right at the end. Is it up yet? Super, Super chat. chat. Gerard. 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 Great guy, discussion Gerard. tonight, guys. Hashtag vibes tomorrow. Appreciate 20 bucks. You, Gerard. Gerard. Oh, that's how the we best. end it. Boom. That's how we Thanks end it. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Back here for a post-game show tomorrow. Barb, it will be live right after the game on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Gerard, thanks for the super chat. Thanks for all the super chats out there tonight. And thanks to everybody in the live chat and listening to this podcast on a regular basis. We appreciate all of you. Until tomorrow, fly the W.